It's been almost 25 years since I had the privilege of uh, preaching to you. A lot has changed in 25 years. I've changed a lot. And you have too, I can tell. One of the things that I was concerned about when uh, Sharon's committee asked me if I'd be willing to supply was uh, how do you dress now? Well, so I sent an email to Rod and uh, also to Melissa and said, uh, you know, how shall I dress? And uh, they both gave me good suggestions, but Rod closed out his email with a statement. Uh, he said, dress who you are. Well, I thought about that. And uh, Jim, I decided it probably wouldn't be appropriate for me to have my golf shoes on and shorts and, uh, and, and to wear this hat. It just wouldn't be appropriate. So uh, I'm not going to do that. By the way, did I lose the sound? I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> but I do want to thank Sharon and her committee for the privilege of being here. It's an honor for me to uh, share with you today. Uh, I know that you've had a lot of very uh, sophisticated and intelligent preachers over these past 25 years. And, uh, and so, uh, and frankly, I'm uh, a little bit intimidated by that. Um, so I decided I would try to meet your expectations. And I would uh, build my sermon around uh, a children's book. It's entitled, Just In Case You Ever Wonder, by Max Licato. Now, Max starts his book with uh, a statement. Uh, he says, long, long ago, God made a very important decision. One that I'm really glad that he made. He made the decision to make you. So today, I want to share with you a very important decision that I think God made a long, long time ago. A decision that uh, I'm really glad he made. And I want us to talk about that today. Let me set the stage just a little bit. Jesus is... Uh, getting towards the end of his earthly ministry. And it appears to me that he's spending most of his time with his closest disciples. And he's teaching them about the kingdom. And uh, in the process, of course, as usually happens, he has his distractors. Church leaders, in this case the Pharisees, 
who had been listening to his teachings and they, uh, they came up with a question that they thought was sure to stump him. They simply said to him, Jesus, of all the commandments, notice the word all, all the commandments, What's the most important? Now, as we'll see just a little bit later, Jesus didn't interpret the question as being, oh, he's just referring to the Ten Commandments. No, you see, they had taken the law of Moses along with the law of all of the commandments that were given in the prophets, in other words, the entire Old Testament. And they had taken and developed a system of somewhere around 600 commands that needed to be followed by the devout Jew. And it was this kind of question that they asked Jesus. Of all of those commands, what's the most important? Now, if Jesus had been uh, like I am on a number of occasions, I probably would have said, well, now let's see. I'm, I'm going to need some time to check that out, to do a little research. Nope, didn't happen. He had an immediate answer. You see, I think Jesus had decided long, long ago what was really important in the kingdom. Yeah, I believe in his preexistence. So I think he had decided even before creation what's the most important in the kingdom. And so he immediately gives the answer. It's recorded for us in the 22nd chapter of Matthew. So if you'll notice what he says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. And the second most important commandment is like this one. And it is to love others as much as you love yourself. All the laws of Moses and the books of the prophets are based on these two commands. Well, the implication seems to be very clear to me that Jesus was simply saying to those Pharisees, in my kingdom, in God's kingdom, the overriding and ruling process by which everything else is to be interpreted is loving God and loving others. Melissa mentioned I was from the Oklahoma Panhandle. When you grow up in the Oklahoma Panhandle, if some of you have never been there, you need to know that um, you don't have neighbors like 
we were taught in the children's message this morning that live next door. Uh Uh-uh. Your closest neighbor is a mile and a quarter to the east of your house. And that's where the Taylors lived. The Taylor family had two boys just about the same age as my brother and I. And uh, so we were friends and we grew up together and did lots of things together. And I kind of lost track of Tuffy, who was my age. And um, then we got reacquainted at a high school class reunion about 20 years ago. And after that class reunion, we, uh, uh, we continued to communicate uh, multiple times. And uh, Tuffy was one of those guys, as his name might imply, he thought he would never get covid but he did. Now, Tuffy and his wife, Linda, had settled in, <coughs> excuse me, Colby, Kansas. And um, he spent 87 days in a hospital in Denver, most of that time in a coma not expected to live, either by his doctors or his family. And after he got out, he he spent another four months in a hospital in Greeley, Colorado, uh, in rehab. And all during that time, I continued to communicate with Linda and with his daughter. And then after he got, finally got home, I, I sent him a text and I said, Tuffy, if you feel like you're strong enough and you'd like to visit, I'd sure appreciate hearing from you. Well, it wasn't but just really a few minutes and I get a phone call. And his voice is weak. I can barely hear him. And... Uh, We didn't talk, but just for a couple of minutes. But he said to me, Verlin, he said, God revealed to me something I should have learned 70 years ago. That the most important things in life are loving God and loving others. I think Jesus is still sending us the same message he gave to those Pharisees and, of course, to his disciples. Well, if we follow that story up just a little bit, it's a few months later probably. It had really been a difficult couple of weeks for the disciples especially Peter finally because they were discouraged they had tried everything else they didn't know what to do they went back to doing what they had done before fishing 
You know the story. They were not too far out from shore on the Lake of Galilee. And this guy hollers at them from the shore. Says, you caught anything? And you know what happened. Jesus was fixing breakfast for them on the, there by the lake. I love breakfast, don't you? Some of the best times I have with family and friends is breakfast. Yeah. In fact, at our house, for about the past 25 years, we have a Christmas tradition. We have Christmas breakfast with our family. I love breakfast. Now, they had uh, gathered around and had breakfast, and obviously there had been some visiting, and I'm just convinced that Peter, he was, he kept wondering, what in the world is Jesus going to say to me? After all I've done, what's he going to say? And you know what happened. He says, after breakfast is over, he says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep. Now, theologians have written hundreds of pages explaining all the intricacies of the words that were used in that expression, in that experience. Now, a country boy from Oklahoma can interpret this passage in about three sentences. Peter, I know what you did during the crucifixion. But that's not really important now. What's important is, do you love me? And do you love others? Now, I know something about feeding sheep. My brother and I had a, a small championship sheep flock. Uh, we won multiple grand championships in all kinds of categories uh, all over Oklahoma and even in regional areas, multiple states. And I learned one thing about that. Feeding sheep takes a commitment. It's not a 10-minute morning and evening chore. Feeding sheep might mean that you got to stay up all night during lambing season. It might mean that you got to go out five times a day to prepare a bottle for an orphaned lamb and then provide it to them. It means that you got to bring them in every evening into a barn or in at, least, at least into a very close uh, environment to keep them safe from the predators. In our case, it was the coyotes. You see, feeding sheep takes a commitment. It's something you do 
It's not something you just say, oh yeah, I'll feed sheep. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Feeding sheep takes a commitment. And Jesus says to Peter, take care of and feed my sheep. Now, there might be some things that we need to mention that Jesus did not say. Because it could be interpreted that, uh, well, these are the only things that are important in the kingdom. Loving God and loving others. Now, you see, Jesus did not say, hey, it's not important that you don't commit adultery. He did not say that it's not important that you keep the Sabbath. He didn't say any of those things. You see, he didn't minimize anything else. All he said was that the most important is this and that everything else should be interpreted or filtered through these two things. Loving God and loving others. I think Tuffy Taylor was right. Two most important things in life are loving God and loving others. Let's pray together. Father, today we are gathered in this place. Yes, because we love you. And Father, I pray that we would be willing to make the commitment that it takes. to love others by feeding your sheep. In Jesus' name, amen.